today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Well, the uh, debate and uh, the conversation continues about light rail transit, but, you know, one of the elements that we have talked about but probably need to talk about a whole lot more uh, seems that, uh, the well, especially since we, we seem to be moving along in the LRT process, you know, with the government of the day still on side with this and, and the funding in place and, and, you know, public meetings going on, et cetera, et cetera. But what about... Th- What's going to happen and the impact it's going to have on the on the current HSR, including, by the way, the staff? Well, the union that represents HSR's bus drivers wants city council to declare that the HSR should operate and maintain those LRT lines once it is implemented. Union has launched a campaign which includes a petition, a website, and a video that urges uh, transit be kept public. Eric Tuck is the president of ATU Local 107. He joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Morning, Eric. How are you doing today? I'm very good, Bill, and how are you this morning? Good. Listen, i got to tell you, through all the debate and discussion, whether you're for it or against it or whatever the case might be with LRT, I, I always got the impression, and I've made mention of this on the show a number of times, it almost seems like you guys, I mean, in other words, the HSR and the people that are operating there right now, uh, seem to be the lost souls in this thing. You don't get talked to very often. You don't get asked your opinion on this very often. Are you being consulted at all as this process goes along? Uh, to be quite honest with you, Bill, we've had no consultation. Well, that's uh, a problem. Yes, absolutely. We've tried many times uh, to get through to the provincial government and to Metrolinx to uh, have the conversation. And to date, we've simply been put off and told that that's a discussion for later down the road. As you know, uh, <laughs> we are moving down the track here uh, to the implementation of LRT, and obviously the operating agreement uh, will be voted on by council. It's, uh, it's time to actually have those discussions in earnest. But there's a, there's a few things here that I, I think are extremely important here, uh, and, and I, I think that you, with the union itself and the people that are, let's face it, the front line that have been providing public transit here in this city for many, many years, uh, should at least be on the table. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if they want to give you voting rights on some of the stuff that's going on, but at least get your opinion on some of the stuff, because once this thing goes in, it's going to have an impact on what you guys are doing now, isn't it? It's definitely going to have a serious impact, Bill. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, if you look at it, uh, we've had no consultations, and this is seriously going to affect our community. Uh, as you say, we've been providing transit here in this community for well over a century, safe, reliable, and efficient transit. And uh, when, when you have a uh, organization that's been doing that for well over a century, why wouldn't you bring them to the table and have that conversation? Well, and I understand that obviously managers are going to be there and they're going to talk about this and that and the other thing. But, you know, I, I've always been a, an advocate for talking to the people that provide the service on the front line. I know it's it's one thing. You know, we're going to be talking about Tim Hortons a little bit later on in the show and in the, in the potential lawsuit that's going on there. Right. And we can talk to franchisees all we want. But you know what? If you want to find out how the business is going, talk to the people at the cash register. And it's the same thing with, with the, when you talk about public transit in this city. Uh, we can, you know, do statistics and do surveys until we're, you know, we're blue in the face. But talk to the people that are delivering the service, the people that are driving the buses, the people that are, are, are managing the buses and finding out exactly what's going on. They're the ones that get the public input. That's correct, Bill, and unfortunately, the way the uh, procurement policy is with Metrolinx right now, the uh, government agency that's implementing the LRT here in Hamilton, uh, they've actually gone out of their way to shut us out of the out of the process. Um, they 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 have adopted this procurement policy that basically says you must bid on, uh, design, build, operate, and maintain for 30 years. So even uh, you know local experts like ourselves who've been delivering this service. Uh, for well over a century and helped build this community have actually been shut out of the process. Well, I mean, you know, how many customer satisfaction surveys does HSR do on an annual basis? 
and and maybe the easiest way to garner some of that information is just talk to a driver that just came off shift and say, well, what did you hear today? Correct. There's no no better expertise than the people that are actually on the front line. You're, you're absolutely correct in that. Let's let's so let's talk about that because that's an important element of this. And and how how you you talk to the rank and file, even if MetroLinks isn't talking to the rank and file with HSR. What are you hearing from from your members, uh, Eric, about what's gone on so far and what's anticipated to happen vis a vis LRT and the impact it's going to have, uh, both good and bad, I guess, for the city. Yeah, so of course, uh, most of my membership have said that, you know, they believe that the uh, LRT is, is not necessarily the right choice, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the decision of the riding public and the transit uh, users of the city to decide what type of uh, transit system they want. Having said that, the implementation process, uh, obviously we don't want to see any part of our transit system privatized and turned over to a private corporation or a multinational company. Uh, that's going to take away that local uh, control and accountability that uh, currently our, our politicians are responsible for the type of service we deliver on a day-to-day basis. And unfortunately, when you get into these P3s, uh, it just becomes a blame game. When there's a problem out there in the system, you're not getting the service, or the safety is not uh, up to the standards of uh, the uh, public's expectations. There's no accountability. Uh, currently, we can go to our local politicians and say, hey, we're not happy with the service in our community, or, you know, the bus uh, didn't show up this morning, and that's a, a concern. Safety, reliability, that all comes down to accountability. And uh, under the current system, HSR uh, is accountable to council, and if you have a problem with your service, you pick up the phone and you call your local politician. I can tell you if the privatization goes through, all that accountability basically goes out the window. And uh, you'll have private corporations putting profits ahead of safety and, and uh, reliability. Now, we have done studies, well, not necessarily we, but City Council has, and certainly Metrolinks has, and, and the province uh, have funded a number of these studies. And invariably, part of that, Eric, is always saying, well, look, at, you know, we've gone to other cities that have LRT, and I don't just mean Toronto or KW. I'm talking about in a much broader sense right across North America. And they say, well, here's how they did it here, and this is how it works here, and here's the advantage that, that this city had. And it's it's good, useful information. I, I, I get that. And, I, you know, the more information we have, the better and more informed judgments we can make on this. But one element of this that they don't seem to talk about that you have brought up a number of times, and a few councillors have to their credit, is who runs the system, who manages the system, who actually drives these these units going back and forth. Have you guys done some research on this? I mean, who's doing this in other cities? So we have looked at that, and they have used private companies. And, you know, we, uh, and I'll use Waterloo because that keeps getting held up as an example. Well, we know for a fact that Waterloo Region, uh, by using the, uh, the P3s, the Auditor General put out a report and said it cost that region an extra $48 million dollars. To, to put that system in simply because of the privatization part of it. Uh, and now there's going to be, you know, Waterloo is going to try and hold the, those private contractors accountable. And we know from local examples how well that works. Uh, as you said, all you got to do is look at the Tim Hortons uh, stadium as a perfect example of where uh, P3s don't work. They, they brought the project in about 10 months late. The sound system fell out, you know, was falling off the wall and could have caused serious injury to somebody or killed somebody. Uh, they're currently dealing with a problem where the uh, leaking dressing rooms, about $500,000 uh, in damage. Um, you know, you don't have to look far. Look at the water treatment center. Uh, the city put that out to privatization, and then they brought it back in-house because they found they could save over a million dollars a year. 
the 407 is another perfect example, the most expensive highway in North America. You know, and the list goes on. So why is the government doing it this way? It's simply because they don't want to be on the hook or, or to say that they're borrowing that money. But by going to the three Ps, they're actually costing the taxpayers more in the long run because those uh, private consortiums go out and they actually borrow the money on behalf of the government. And then that's added in, uh, and you've got to put profits in there as well. So the reality is it costs taxpayers way more money. You have no accountability, and the quality and safety goes right out the door. But are, are there any jurisdictions, Buffalo, Portland, any of these other cities they've talked about, where the, the existing uh, unions, the existing uh, infrastructure, and the existing drivers are just using the, and, and taking over that system as well? Yes, quite often. You know, in the short term, it looks great. But in the long term, if you look at a lot of these projects, they are privatized. But the reality is when you get near the end of those contracts, they run those, uh, the equipment and everything into the ground. And then the local taxpayers left holding the bag because the contracts are uh, finished, and now you've got to go out and buy all new infrastructure. So, what are you guys doing about this? Let's let's talk a little about this strategy that you've developed now to try to create, first of all, some awareness, and I I, I would imagine some support for this, Eric. Yes, we've we've garnered quite a bit of community support, and we've kicked off a campaign. It's called Keep Transit Public, and we ask everyone to go to the website, uh, keeppublictransit.ca. Sign the petition. We're lobbying council. We're lobbying the uh, local provincial government uh, MPs, MPPs, to uh, make sure that Hamilton's an example. You know, Hamilton, we're going to build an LRT. Let's do it in the right way. Uh, let's use Hamilton as the example and build it with uh, community benefits in mind. Um, you know, there is such a thing as community benefits procurement, uh, which could be done where you use local labor, you pay fair wages and benefits, you respect local unions' collective agreements, and uh, you hold uh, the local uh, government accountable for the, the service that they deliver. What kind of feedback are you getting from councillors on this? I mean, I, it's not really within their wheelhouse right now. I get the sense this is going to be a Metrolinx decision. But certainly, I, I, I've talked to a couple of councillors that, that have got your back on this, and they seem to think that you were going down the right track, if we excuse the bad pun. No, I, I think absolutely. I think most local politicians understand the need to keep the local control, and they would like to do that. The problem is, is Metrolinx and the provincial government, and I think the timing is right to send the message loud and clear to the uh, current provincial government that if they uh, expect to continue to govern, that they have to do it in a responsible way that they're accountable to the taxpayers and therefore they should be addressing this procurement uh, policy of Metrolinks and they should give clear directives that uh, it's not acceptable and we have to do community procurement uh, with community benefits in mind. Is there a council position on this? I mean I've talked to Councillor Jackson and, and one or two others that uh, that think that you know that you guys are are bang on here, and they'd like to see uh, your drivers, the HSR, actually manning and staffing the system uh, when LRT is finally implemented here in the city right now. But uh, I would imagine a, an official council position would go a long way towards uh, achieving that goal. Correct, and that's that's uh, our first step. Obviously, when they're voting on the uh, operating agreement, probably sometime in September or November. Um, um, between November and, uh, or sorry, September and November, um, that they'll keep that in mind. We've asked them to introduce a motion and to pass it, uh, basically telling Metrolinx that they expect the expectation of council is that we will operate and maintain. And if they put that into the uh, operating agreement, then it'll be in the, the provincial government's court then to make sure that that happens. Who else do you need to get on side? City council would be nice. 
what about city staff? I mean, is again, they they just seem to be every time we've talked to the staff about this, they seem to be uh, obfuscating and simply saying, "Well, it's being negotiated." Uh, you know, that's that's like the check is in the mail. It's getting yeah, a little it's tired. Ambiguous, but uh, obviously, it's not being negotiated, and, and there's been no negotiation, certainly not with uh, with our union. Uh, or with our organization. Well, that's the point I've always made when I've asked staff about this. So they say it's being negotiated, and I said, "Well, if if, if ATU isn't at the table, you're not negotiating with them." Absolutely. So, uh, you know, when they refer to the negotiations, uh, you know, my assumption is that they're referring to the operating agreement between the city and between the province, and that's why I want to make sure that our city councilors uh, stand on side. They've said it uh, many times to me privately, and and some have even been public uh, that they believe that we should be operating, maintaining. Uh, and now it's time to take an official stand on that, and so that the negotiations with the province can begin. Any word at all from city staff about this? Uh, most city staff that I've talked to said they, they, you know, morally they do support that, but unfortunately, Metrolinx is very ironclad in their procurement policies. Uh, and that uh, they've been given a directive to to deal directly with Metrolinks and not with us. And and therein lies the problem. Uh, you know, when I hear back uh, that it's it's under discussion, it's being negotiated. Uh, uh, variations on that theme. It, it sounds to me as if what they're trying to do is kick this issue down the road just a little bit and simply you know because because they don't want the controversy right now. But uh, as you mentioned with KW with the Toronto systems, it seems as if Metrolinks has made it quite clear. Uh, that that's the way they're going to do it, is that they don't want local unions involved in the operation of NALRT systems that are installed. Uh, you know, if they haven't done it in Ottawa, they haven't done it in KW, they haven't done it in Toronto, it doesn't seem likely that they're going to acquiesce and let it happen here in Hamilton. And if that's the case, then they should at least stand up and say so. Absolutely. You know, um, we've been talking for... Uh, since the announcement came out, uh, we've been asking for these types of discussions, and we've been told that, oh, yes, we agree with you, and we're, we're supportive of it, uh, but we've got to wait for that discussion. Well, I'm telling you now, it's time to have that discussion, and I think it's time for the taxpayers and the local uh, citizens of this city to say, we're, we want the most efficient, safe, and properly operated transit system. And we have the experience here in Hamilton. We've done it for over a century. Uh, you know, Metrolink often says, well, you have no experience in rail. Well, the reality is the Hamilton Street Railway started out in rail. So we do have experience in rail, and ATU has been operating rails across North America for many, many years. And uh, we have the experience and knowledge and ability to do it properly. Well, I'm old enough to remember the trolley cars on uh, some of the older routes down uh, James Street and down a certain Long Barton and, and places like that. And Sadly, remember the drivers having to get out and change the, uh, you know, the, the wires every now and then when they come off there. This is a little more intricate, and hopefully you're not going to have those sorts of tie-ups and those co- sorts of delays on this. But, uh, I mean, let's face it, Eric. I mean, any driver can be uh, trained on, on using these systems. It's not going to be as antiquated as the ones I just described. But, I mean, if you're, you're driving a bus, uh, you, you know how to do one of these things, too. It's, it's a, not really a rocket science here. It's just a matter of learning how to run the system. In fact, it's probably much easier. I've seen the uh, the operations uh, controls for for the LRT, and uh, it actually is easier for, because you don't have to steer them. Obviously, they're on rails. Um, however, there is a, a lot of safety factors that come with operating that type of equipment, and that's what, like I said, one of the reasons why I want to maintain that local control so that you know that the safety and the standards are kept up to the uh, expectations of the local public. Well, when I've looked in other cities, and, and Chicago and New York come to mind, I've, I've had the opportunity to be there a few times, both of those cities. 
Uh, very, very intricate tra- transit systems there. And, of course, in a combination of, of rail and, and obviously on street, uh, you know, with buses, et cetera, as well. Uh, the, the Chicago system, of course, is elevated. It's called the L and uh, the New York subway system. But my understanding from uh, talking to officials when I was in those cities is that it's it's all run by the same business. In other words, you know, the, them that drive the buses are the same people, the same union anyway, uh, that operate the other systems as well. It just seems this is a, a unique to Ontario situation where they want to try to separate those two. Correct, Bill. And one of the things that uh, you have to look at is if there is a breakdown or if there is a problem within the system, who do you think they're going to be calling to come and pick up the slack for that? By having one union, one system, um, you know, that we, we support each other in those types of situations. Uh, if you have a private consortium that's operating this thing and uh, suddenly there's a, an accident or something gets blocked on those rails, it can create a real traffic problem uh, and suddenly, uh, you know, a nightmare for people trying to get to or from uh, wherever they're going. So to have one system, uh, a unified system where you're supporting one another, uh, certainly goes a long way for the efficiencies of that system. There is a, a, a time sensitivity to this, though. As you mentioned, uh, you know, the operating agreement, that that, that is something council is going to vote on, uh, is coming up, I would think, sometime between now and the end of the year. As a matter of fact, some of the uh, sources I've been talking to indicate that it could be a much sooner, that it's sometime in September or October at the latest. So so it's important, I guess, to get these, these opinions out there and to get some solidified uh, support or at least some clarification from some of the folks that you're trying to reach here. Yes, that's, that's correct, Bill. It could come as early as September, and that's why we want council to uh, and the public to get on board uh, to support their local transit system, to support the local control over that transit system, and to stop the, uh, the privatization of the system. Eric, we'll see how this grows. Uh, once again, the website for people to go to to get more information is? KeepTransitPublic.ca. Go on the site and uh, click on the petition. You'll be able to send it to all your local councillors as well as the MPPs. Eric, thanks so much for the time today, and uh, good luck with this program. We'll certainly follow this over the next couple of weeks and uh, see what kind of an uptake you get on this. Thanks again. Thank you, Bill. It's always a pleasure. Take care. That's uh, Eric Chuck, president of the American Amalgamated Transit Union, rather. Uh, local 107. Those, those are the guys, the, the men and women that run the transit system here in the city of Hamilton. Uh, like I say, this it's 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 rather odd uh, because in other cities, in American cities, uh, it seems to be one system and and one union, obviously one set of drivers that are handling both situations. Because you'd like to think that there is going to be some interaction between the two, because LRT is going to have an impact on what's going to be happening with the allocation of buses and bus routes, and uh, it'd be kind of neat if they you know everybody was kind of on the same page here and i'm not so sure that's going to happen if you've got independent operators who are working for metrolinks as opposed to working for the hsr but uh, again the official word that we have for metrolinks when we asked them about this and we've asked them on numerous occasions is that well it's uh, it's being discussed i'm not so sure that's necessarily the truth but that's really what they give us right now We'll see what happens in the next couple of months. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.